We hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like to watch a service live online, you can join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. at live.faith.church. For everything else, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. Happy Father's Day. Hey, listen. <laughs> as we celebrate Father's Day today, I just want to take a minute as one of your pastors and say thank you to you fathers for accepting the call and the commission to be fathers and to lead your families and to be an example of what it means to serve, what it means to teach, what it means to be correctable, all those good things. It's not easy being a dad. It's not easy being a mom either. We're not leaving you out, but it is Father's Day. And so listen, um, just we really want to honor you fathers who are in the room today. So if, you, if you're a father, would you just stand up? We want to applaud you guys. All right, stay standing. Stay standing. I know it might feel a little awkward, but stay standing. Listen, we're going to pray over you. And at the end of service, when you go out, you, we've got a special gift for you that you're not going to want to leave behind. So it's not a Swiss Army knife, but it's almost as cool as that. Not an axe either, something even cooler. But we're going to give that to you on your way out today. And uh, before we have you sit back down, I'd love it if, you, if you're around a dad, just stretch out your hand toward them. And let's pray and ask God for this to be one of the best years yet. Does that sound good? So Lord Jesus, we thank you for the anointing and the call to be fathers in this generation to our physical children and also to spiritual children that you're bringing into our midst every day. Father God, would you empower and equip these men to follow you with their whole hearts, wholeheartedly loving you, serving you, and putting you first as they serve their families and those that you put in their lives to father. So as a family, as a faith family, we say, may you be blessed in the name of Jesus Christ to walk out your calling as fathers. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen. amen. Thank you, guys. Special thanks since I've got the microphone to my family, Seth, Samuel, Tirsa, Jessica, Anna, and of course, my beautiful wife, Maritza. I love you guys. Thank you for letting me be your dad. You could have kicked me out of the house a long time ago, probably. Love you guys. Hey, so it's been a rad month for missions. I can't come up here and talk and not talk a little bit about missions. My family and I and a small team went from here to Saudi Arabia and Thailand, and we're just getting back Tuesday morning early. Not going to lie, we, we slept for, what was it, 16 hours straight after we got back? We were so wiped out. Tirsa says 17 hours. Maybe you did. And I learned something really powerful about the Father Heart of God while I was in Saudi Arabia. You see, honestly, I had a preconceived idea of what it would be like to be in Saudi Arabia. You know, Mecca is, was 45 minutes from where we were in the city, Jeddah, visiting some ministry partners there who are doing a great work. And I was just thinking, man, we're going to the birthplace of Islam. What is this going to be like? And we got to do something cool on the very last day. We were there for about 10 days, and yes, it was extremely hot. And no, I'm not tan because you don't go outside that often in that kind of heat. I think it was 49 degrees Celsius one day. I don't even know what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's really hot. And, 
But on the last day we were there, I, I rallied my boys and our contacts, two sons, and we went to the local mosque during evening prayer. Because I just wanted to go over there as a Christian and introduce myself to the imam and whoever else God would put there for us to talk to. So we went over and, and we got to meet the imam. We were half an hour early for prayer because the schedule changes every day. So I got there and, you know, Muslims, they pray five times a day starting at 4 a.m. in the morning. And I guess I had this idea in my mind that like Catholics and Jews and Christians that I know, sometimes when you pray that regularly, sometimes it becomes a rote habit, something you just do because it's what you do to be a good Muslim or a good Catholic or a good Jew or a good Christian. You just, you just pray your prayers. But when I was there, sorry, I shared this with our, our volunteer team this morning. And I just couldn't stop weeping. And I didn't have any tissues, but I brought some today. Man, I was just marked by the Father's heart from Muslim friends. Because instead of hearing what I thought I would hear, just wrote prayers out of a book, I heard desperation. I heard people who are desperate to know the Father. They're just looking in the wrong direction. He's so near and he's just, they're, they're looking in the wrong direction because they have not met the Father as revealed by Jesus. And it broke my heart. Because they weren't just praying religious prayers, they were desperately looking for God. I tell you what, <laughs> happy Father's Day. <laughs> it tore me up because God infused in me a heart that I had never had before. There are billions of Muslims. Now, not all of them are seeking God like that. Not all Christians seek the Father like that. But these guys desperately want to know the Father. So before we jump into my message, which is titled, Knowing God as Father, I wondered if you would just grab a hand next to you, with their permission, of course, and join me in praying for the Muslim world, for the Father to be revealed to them through Jesus Christ. Would you guys do that with me? So, Father, we come to you today humbly to ask. We know you love the whole world, and we're not anti any person, and neither are you. So we ask you, God, to move in a powerful way, specifically in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that people, as they seek out what they think is God, that they would have an encounter with the risen Christ, that they'd have visions and dreams of the man in white saying, I am Jesus, you can trust me. And God, that you'd put Christians who love you and know you in their proximity, God, so they can find someone who can introduce you to them. So we invite you, God, do a powerful work of the Holy Spirit and bring hundreds of thousands home to your loving heart. We thank you for your father heart, God. And we thank you for these people spread all over the world. So we trust you for a beautiful work. 
in Jesus' mighty name. I don't know if you know this or not, but life is really short. And I'm so glad that God has given us the opportunity to know him. Here and now. Aren't you glad for that? And if you're wondering about Thailand, by the way, the team, we had an amazing time. We're going to give an update on that officially next week. Does that sound good? Kind of on what God was able to do and how we were able to serve over there. So we'll get to that next week. But guys, it is such a joy and an honor to be able to stand before you and do something I never, ever thought or wanted to do. I can remember being a kid and people were like, you're going to be a pastor one day. And I said, absolutely not. Number one, that's, that's boring. Number two, that's really boring. And number three, why would I want to do something that's boring? But it is so funny all these years later to be able to stand here and to be able to just share the heart of God with you guys. And I consider it a true privilege and an honor. And I want you to know that as we dive into the scriptures today, that God is doing a work in me and all of us as staff, just like he's doing in you. None of us are perfect. But I believe that there is always the invitation to know more of God, especially knowing God as Father. <coughs> Excuse me. Before we jump in, I would like to pray a prayer for us. Does that sound good? For the Holy Spirit to teach us and to unfetter us from our past. Holy Spirit, help us know the Father. May our community know you for who you truly are. And may that knowledge result in praise and honor and glory for your name in our city and in the nations. Father God, make your true nature known in our hearts and minds and relationships. Remove the lies and prune off the clutter and cleanse our eyes of the dirt and grime the enemy has thrown in our face in an attempt to obscure your beautiful character and nature. Do this work. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Knowing God as Father. The truth is, all of us have examples in our lives of what a father is. Some good, some not so great, none of them perfect, right? Authority figures in our lives have shown us without wanting to have shown us how we should relate to God. But today I'm going to share with you a few attributes of God that I believe he is calling us as a church to know. Because here's the deal. Time is short. God wants to use us to make a difference in the lives of those who are around us today. And that starts with us not just speaking truth, but living out the truth of who God is so that others can see what he is really like. Because just like a negative example can teach us wrong ways to relate to God, a true example can teach us right ways to relate to the Father God. Can I get an amen? Some of you have had negative examples, but many of you have had positive examples of what it looks like to relate to an authority or a father figure. I've had a good father in my life, and I've had good male role models, role models in my life who have taught me things about the character and nature of God that words simply can't teach, but actions can model. And we as a church 
are being called not to just be religious people who do good things, because that's what we should do, but to be people who are in love with Father God, as revealed by the Holy Spirit and through Jesus Christ the Son, to model him to our community. You see, here's the deal. I think a lot of us, we default into relating to God as Lord only or master or the one who creates the list of do's and don'ts for us. Maybe even some of us simply only relate to God as as friend, as our buddy, with a lack of the fear of the Lord. But I believe the ultimate place to know God is in the place of Father. No wonder the enemy is on a rampage to destroy the image of Father that is established on the earth today. The enemy knows that if he can corrupt and twist and break down the image of Father on earth, we'll have a really hard time understanding what it's like to relate to God as our Father. Now, lucky for for all of us, many of you have had a revelation of what the Father is really like as revealed in the Son. But some of us need to move away from our list checking and serving of this God that we've crafted in our own image that is a taskmaster of some sorts and start to step into a relationship with a Father The truth is it's usually easier to relate to God based on what he wants us to do than it is like to keep a list of tasks than it is to simply walk in relationship with him. Keeping a list of do's and don'ts is easier than maintaining a relationship with God at times. But we need to reframe the way we think about our relationship with God. So the question is, what is the father like? What is he like? When you think of father, do you think of something positive? Do you think of something negative? Do you think of a person who's distant and uninvolved and who couldn't care less about what you do or don't do? Or do you think about an abuser, someone who's simply waiting around to club you over the head the minute you screw up or don't come home with an A on your report card? Some of you are 65 years old and you still relate to God like you related to your father about your grades trying to achieve some place or some level of perfection so that he'll finally be pleased with you. That's not what God is like. That's not what God is like. You know, Jesus was having a discussion with his disciples because they were saying to him, hey, show us the Father. What is the Father like? And Jesus said to his disciples very clearly in John chapter 14, he says, if you have seen me, You have seen the Father. If you have seen the way I love, seen the way I act, seen what I do, seen how I talk, you have seen the Father in action. In fact, Jesus talked about the Father over 205 times in the four Gospels. That's a lot. But here's the good news. Are you ready for it? It is possible to walk with God knowing him as father. Why? Because Jesus did it. And Jesus said, you can do what I do. We can relate to God as father. And he wants us to know him as father. Not just as master, not just as friend, not just as Lord, but as father. 
Jesus told us to pray to God as Father, not as some impersonal deity who wants to strike you over the head for screwing up, but a personal, loving Father who knows you. See, culturally in Jesus' day, the Greeks and the Jews were crafting God in their own image. They, they kind of crafted him and created him to be like they were like, what they understood as their relationships. So in human form, disciplining them like their earthly fathers did, imperfectly at best. But God, I'll tell you this, he wants to be in relationship with you in a loving exchange of father and child. And he is so much greater than even the best example of a father you could find. The father wants to be known by you. That's the primary reason that Jesus came. You see, it says in 2 Corinthians that all of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. And he gave us the ministry also of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the whole world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This was Christ's primary aim was to put back what was taken and broken and stolen from humanity in the garden, was to put us back in relationship with Father God. You were not saved so that you could become a slave to God to just do his tasks on the earth. You were saved and brought into his family to become his child and to know him and represent him to others so they could know and understand that they are also invited into the family. So let's look at a couple of attributes of what God the Father is like. Number one, Father God loves always. It is the foundation of everything that God does. Have you ever been walking throughout your week and something terrible happens and the, the little thought wiggles in the back of your mind that says, oh man, he's, he's doing that to me because blank. Only me? Anybody? Why do we think like that? Why do we think God's just watching and he's just waiting until the moment when he can be like, got you. You thought you got away with it? You did it. Flat tire? Punishment. <laughs> Coffee machine broke? Punishment. I saw the way you spoke to your wife yesterday. No coffee for you. It's easy to think like that, but those types of thoughts are rooted in wrong thinking about who God is. Listen, his compassion is endless toward all human beings. We are weak and we are in need of his love and his care 
and he is always looking out for our good. Isaiah 40 says this, Behold, the Lord comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd and he will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. God is a compassionate, tender, loving father. His love is so fierce that he chose to take action when he could have left us dead in our sin. Number two, Father God welcomes all who would turn to him. Now before you get too crazy on your theology and questioning what I'm talking about here, let me make it clear. God wants everyone in his family. God welcomes every person. Even the person that you judge or you criticize or the person you don't like, he wants in his family. And he doesn't need you to clean yourself up or transform yourself or be perfect before you step into his family. God's work is to transform you once you belong to him. When you come to him, you cannot stay the same. You can't call yourself a child of God and remain as you were. Why? Because that would be unloving of God to leave you where you were. And that's that's rule number one. That's characteristic number one of God. He is loving always. So if you're addicted to pornography, guess what he wants to do? You're going to come into his family and you're going to say, hey, God, thank you for loving me. He's like, you betcha I love you. Now let's get to work. You will find that you will be transformed as you understand and receive the love of God. You cannot transform yourself. Your best effort on your best day still falls short. Even the things that you think are righteous works, the Bible says, are like filthy rags in his sight. It is God who transforms us. And he will welcome anyone who recognizes their need for his love in their life. Anybody. The worst of the worst. A thief on a cross. A prostitute. A murderer. An adulterer a liar, a thief, a hypocrite, a pretender, all of us, the arrogant, the proud, when we, the moment that we humble ourselves, it is like setting out the most amazing thing before the Lord and he just can't help but smile and be attracted to that and he says, I can come and help you because you recognize your need. I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying just come as you are, stay as you are. No, come as you are, God's gonna tear your face off. That's the honest truth. Why? Because he loves you and he knows who he designed you to be. You don't know what he designed you to be or who he designed you to be. You, guys, can I confess something to you? Some days I don't even know what God designed me to be. I'm like, what you designed me to do? I kind of forget a little bit. But I know this, I am designed primarily to be a child of the living, loving Father God. That's where I belong. No, not today's Satan moth thing. I see you flying around. God has designed you to be walking with him in a loving relationship as his kid. Okay? I'll tell you what. It says, I love this scripture in Psalm 68. It says, the father, that God is father of the fatherless. He's protector of the widows. His God and his holy habitation 
And God settles the solitary or the lonely in a home and he leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. The psalmist is saying this, God's primary aim is to set people in his family. That's where they belong. And it is the rebellious, the ones who think, I don't need you. I don't need what you offer. I'm good on my own. They will dwell in a parched land thinking that they got it. They're all just fine. God wants you in his family. It is his business and his joy to set people in families. Galatians chapter 4 says this. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent his spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. So now you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. This word Abba doesn't just mean something fancy. It means daddy, my true father. We all have fathers. If you don't have a father, you wouldn't be here today. Let's be honest. Even if he was a punk. We all have earthly fathers, and God entrusted us to those earthly fathers and mothers for a season, hopefully to demonstrate and show the good character and nature of God the Father to us. But our true father, our true home, the place we truly belong is with God the Father. And that's why I said at the beginning of this that life is short. I have my kids in my home for 18 years, and then they're off the payroll. 18 years. Did you guys know that? Quick. I learned that from Heath Carty, one of our elders here. But such a short time, and we have eternity to live in the family of God, to be his child, and to walk with him and know him as our father. Friends, I think we could invest a lot more time in understanding and knowing the father heart of God and what it means to be in his family, to know him as our true father. Some of us need to be reparented. All but one of you. One of you can decide who doesn't have to be reparented. But we all need God to reparent us and teach us how to relate to him as a loving father. But I'll tell you what, there's room for everyone in his family. For those who recognize their need for his authentic and true and trustworthy love. You know, maybe you're coming to Christ and maybe you've been walking with Christ for a long time, but you're actually maybe even afraid to change or afraid that you can't change. I spent a number of years working in youth with a mission and one of the things I got to do often was disciple young men. And when I say disciple, it's just kind of like when they had questions like, what do I do? I screwed up, I'm messed up, I'm broken, I don't know what to do. I could pray with them and tell them what I thought God was saying and you know, be like, I'm with you, let's go. But so often I would hear guys say things like, I just can't change. But I think that that comes from a misunderstanding of the goodness of the heart of God. Look what Jesus says in Luke chapter 12. He says, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do you realize that you have a benevolent father who's ready to welcome you into his family? He's ready to give you the tools you need to grow and change. It is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is his good pleasure 
to give you the kingdom so that you can know the kingdom and walk in the kingdom and walk in your purpose. It is his good pleasure. Isn't that good news? It gets better. Ephesians chapter 2 says this, For through him, Jesus, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers or aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. That's good news. But wait, it gets better still. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 says this, I will make my dwelling among them and will walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people and I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Amen. God wants you in his family. Don't act like a slave or a stranger or an outsider. And you might say, well, Pastor Mark, how do I know if I'm acting like a slave or an outsider or a stranger in God's family? Well, I'm glad you asked. You can do things motivated by, by two emotions, two motivating emotions, fear or love. When you do things out of fear, you're walking and living from a slave mentality because you're worried about what God might do if you don't do X, Y, Z. Or if you fall short in some way, what might God say or do? The person who is a son or a daughter and settled that in their identity, in their heart, moves from a place of being loved. I know I'm his kid. And because I'm his kid, and because I'm loved, I'm going to walk like this. I don't have to be afraid of being rejected by you because I'm already accepted by the one whose opinion matters most. So it is settled, it's settled. You could hate me for pointing this out, but that's okay, because I'm just the messenger and God has already accepted me. I'm already loved. I'm just loved, my, all my faults, all my quirks, all my bad dad jokes that I left off the table today, all of it. I'm loved and you are as well. You are welcome in his family. So take a deep breath with me. Let it out. I'm loved. Move from that place. You don't have to achieve anything. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to because you're already in. Now because you're in, now the real fun gets to start. Because we get to do stuff with Jesus at the command of Father God because we're secure in his love. And we get to be about the Father's business just like Jesus was. Number three, you guys good? Father God disciplines for our instruction. Now, just like the coffee pot breaking or the flat tire, we all kind of giggled about it. We, we have a real problem with this because the institution of Christianity has taught religion for decades. It has taught legalism for decades, meaning here's your list. Welcome to the club. Pay your tithes because that's your due. And then here's your list of all the stuff you got to do. Oh, and if that's not good enough, we have a list of all the stuff that you shouldn't do. And it's four times as long as the do list. Good luck. Welcome to the family. Make sure you come to the potluck on the first Sunday of every month. Bring mac and cheese. 
You see, legalism teaches that God is a punisher of our wrongdoings, meaning it's past-oriented. Whereas relationship with God teaches that God is a father who is a teacher and a discipler. That's why he disciplines. And you know what's crazy about that? It is his teaching and his discipleship and his discipline is oriented towards bringing us into our inheritance of who he has called us to be. Do you see the difference? You, don't, you can't pay for anything that you've done. That's why Christ came. One of the many reasons Christ came. To pay what we owe now. Where, what is the purpose and the reason for discipline? Which discipline just simply means to disciple or to teach. So when God's disciplining you, it is not for repayment of something you did in the past. It is him steering you and guiding you toward who you are meant to become in the future. Because remember, God loves always. He welcomes all who would turn to him. And that's why he disciplines us. Because he loves you. Because he doesn't want you to stay the same in hopelessness and despair. A slave to sin. A servant to your flesh. Self-centered and arrogant in every way that human beings can be. He wants you to step into his family to know him and become a representative of his good nature on this earth today. Now, I know that there are some people in this room right now who are suffering injustice and some who are suffering of illness or difficulty that they do not deserve. I want to speak to that really quick. If God has allowed difficulty in your life in this season, I want you to say this. He has counted me worthy. He's counted me worthy. Say it. He's counted me worthy. To carry this difficulty in such a way that brings honor and glory to his name. Remember, this life is very short. This life is very short, and it is our shot to be able to bring honor and glory to God even when life stinks. It's not your fault. If you're suffering today, I want to tell you, it's not your fault. Some of us have made decisions that brought some negative consequences on us, and you could be like, well, that's your fault. Well, here's the thing. It's not wasted if you allow God to teach you through this. Remember, you're welcome in his family. Anyone who recognizes their need for him is welcome in. And he will count you as a son and a daughter. And if he counts you as a son and a daughter, like the writer of Hebrews says, then he will discipline and he will teach you and he will train you in the way you should go. But if you're suffering, like from a disease, God has counted you faithful. My prayer is for God to heal you 100%, because that's pretty fun. But even if he doesn't, think about how valuable your worship to him, despite the difficulty, how valuable it is to him. And what it says about him and his love for you to those who watch you and see you in their day-to-day -day is an opportunity he's entrusted you with. You see, Jesus says in John 15 that God is the vine dresser and that any branch in him or in me, Jesus is speaking, any branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. 
And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it may be more fruitful. You see, we think that if we're good with God, we escape all discipline. But do you see what that says? That says, if you're not bearing fruit, you're going to get removed. And if you are bearing fruit, you're going to get pruned. You're like, well, that's not very fair. But he says, I'm going to prune you for a purpose so that you can be more fruitful. Now, I'm not a farmer. Uh, I'm not a, what do you call those guys that cultivate vines? A vineyard person? I'm not a vine dresser. I heard somebody say that. Maybe in another life. Who knows? Sounds like a fun job. But they know if they don't prune those vines, they will not bear good fruit. I was on a winery in South Africa one time. I know, on missions trips, sometimes you get to do crazy stuff. And we're out on this person's vineyard for some reason. And they were teaching us about the vine dresser and the vines. And he showed us not only do they prune them, but they will actually wound and scar the vines themselves. Because it produces in these things this robustness to endure difficulty and produce better fruit. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, the Bible says. God is your loving father and friend. And he may wound you. He may tell you, it's time to stop this habit. It's time to stop thinking like this. It's time to stop speaking like this. It is time to instead speak the truth of the word of God over your children, over your wife, over your employer, over your family member who hurt you, over your dad, over your mom. It is time to forgive. It is time to let go. And you know what that's going to do? It's going to hurt. But remember, God loves always. He's welcomed you into his family. And he's disciplining you, not to punish you or beat you over the head and tell you what a horrible person you are, but to bring you into your inheritance, into the fullness of life that he has brought you, he has paid for, for you and for me. And this is a bonus point that I'm going to give you since we have a few minutes. Number four. God is faithful and true. The notes aren't going to be on the screen because I wasn't sure I was going to get to this one. But I just want to expose something the enemy tries to do in us, and that is he tries to cause you to doubt the goodness and faithfulness and the truthfulness of God, your Father. But here's the deal. There is no need as a child of God to question or be worried about being tricked or deceived. Because remember, God is loving. He wants you in his family. And he will always teach you and discipline you to bring you into your beautiful inheritance in Christ. He is faithful and true. Psalm 119, 160 says this, The sum, even of God's words, are truth. And every one of his righteous rules endure forever. Zephaniah 3.5 says this, the Lord within her is righteous. He does know injustice. And every morning he shows forth his justice and each dawn he does not fail. James 1 
16 says, Do not be deceived, brothers and sisters. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness, and he will quiet you with his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. And Isaiah 44 says this, Thus says the Lord who made you, who formed you from the womb, Do not be afraid. I will be with you. God is with you. Your father knows you. Your father loves you. And he wants you to know him as father. You don't have to be worried about being tricked. You can lean into him. You can lean on him. You can trust him with your needs. You can be honest with him, with your disappointments. You are his child. And I'll tell you this, no matter how old we grow or what we achieve in this life, we will never outgrow being simply a child of God. And that's good news because God's a really good father. And when we know God as father, we understand what it means to be his child. And I'll tell you this, when you understand what it means to be his child, you know how to walk as a daughter or a son. And when you know how to walk as a daughter or a son, you step out of your house in the morning, secure, loved, loyal, faithful, equipped, brave, and ready to serve. And you don't have to be worried about where your acceptance is coming from because you are already rooted in the love of God the Father. My question for you is this. Have you ever heard God say, I love you, with your name after it? There's a Steve in the audience, I'm sure. Have you ever heard God say, I love you, Steve? I love you, Scott. I love you, Sharon. I love you, Sarah. I love you. Have you heard him say that to you? If you've not heard him say that to you, that's my homework for you today. At some point today on Father's Day, take a minute and spend some time with your father. And ask him, do you love me? And see what he says. Friends, I believe that it's time for us to move from a slave mentality into a son and daughter mentality. Letting God love us so that we can love well. Because life is short, time is short, and there are neighbors and nations of people that need to know the love of the Father. But how are they gonna know that unless they see it through us? You guys accept that challenge? Listen, ask the Holy Spirit to show you. Holy Spirit's here to help us, to lead us, to guide us, to correct us, to reveal all truth to us, to search out the depths of God and show it to us, the hidden things, the Father heart of God. So if you have a hard time relating to God as Father, just ask, Holy Spirit, start teaching me.
and then hold on to your seat because he's going to take you on a ride that's going to transform the way you think about God. Let's bow our heads. Before we move any further, I want to give an opportunity for the gospel of Jesus. If you are here in this room or you are online watching and you've never given your life to God, you've never said to God, I want to be in your family and I believe that access has been granted to me through the blood of Jesus Christ, I just want you to raise your hand right now. Thank you. God sees you right where you're at. So church family, we're going to pray together with these ones who want to give their lives to Christ and enter into his family. We're going to pray together this simple prayer. Father God, I come to you knowing that I need you and I know I have access through the work of Jesus Christ. So I surrender to you right now and I step into your family in faith, cleansed and made right with you by the work of Jesus. So it's in his name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Friends, would you join me in standing if you're able? I'm going to pray for you and commission you guys out there this week. Listen, life can be tough, but you've got a loving father who is in your corner, who sees you, who knows you, and wants to draw you in. So take confidence. You're seen, and he loves you, and he has given you everything that you need. So God, we say thank you for being the perfect father. We love you. Do everything that you want to do in us. Transform us. Let the light of the love of the Father radiate off of us everywhere that we go. Father, would you heal us, heal the broken areas, reveal the lies, and tear down the strongholds that are in our minds and hearts from past wounds. We let them go in Jesus' name. And we ask you, God, to do your work as you reconcile us and the nations to you. We love you. We thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Friends, have a beautiful week and happy Father's Day. Don't forget your gift outside. We love you guys. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like to watch a service live online, you can join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. at live.faith.church. For everything else, visit faith.church. That's faith.church.